0: Welcome oh boy, back and
1: welcome back to Domance Dawn where I Janine uh, originally the co-host that that says that speaks second is stealing first. That's a baseball reference. And that today I'm joined by my co-host, who usually takes first, Luke. Go ahead and introduce yourself. You're embarrassing us on your own podcast.
2: I can make this as awkward as I want it to. I edit the show Janine I edit the show <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find out what you do with it then. I mean I always just say, welcome back uh, no, ahoy oh there and welcome back to Donets of Dawn the premier One Piece and Simpsons podcast on the internet if you find another One Piece and Simpsons podcast that is better than us you probably stole our idea. I'm Luke. He, him, sometimes they, them. And joining me as always is my co-host Janine, who attempted to usurp me, as you have heard. Who may have attempted to, who may have attempted to usurp me, but you'll never know. My lovely and savagely lesbian co-host Janine. Both savagely goes- and
1: lesbian at the same time.
2: Uh huh. Not just Sapphic, not just the lesbian, but Sapphic and the lesbian. Who uses she, they pronouns. Yeah, this is a weird one. We got a weird energy. Uh, I had initially forgotten to plug in my mic, and so there will probably be bonus content if you subscribe to my Patreon, which is under my name, Luke Hare. On the Patreon, where for as little as like a dollar a month, you can get episodes usually a few days early of the show. Uh, But yeah, Janine, what do we do on this podcast? Why, we watch
1: One Piece and pair it up with contemporary Simpsons episodes of the time, so we could be able to cast characters from One Piece uh, using cast characters from The Simpsons.
2: And what happens when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face?
1: You get (laughs) subpoenaed.
2: That's true. Welcome to our most supreme hockey court. That's a joke that people who are further ahead in One Piece get, but Janine does not get it, but it's also fine. It's not a good joke. Uh Yeah, I can't wait until we get to talk about hockey, and then I can have a sound clip. And I guess also I'm excited for us to get to talk about the sport hockey when we get to that filler arc where they're just fighting Canadians. Uh, But yeah, this week we are not covering that long, weird filler arc. Uh, We are covering episodes that initially ran from December 12th, 2004 through January 30th, 2005. And uh, 2004 was an interesting year. 2005 was also an interesting year. Do you have any 2004 memories?
1: Cool. I'm still in high school at this point, but I'm further into it. I think at this point... I have a girlfriend that I am cheating on a lot and grades that I'm letting slipping because I'm quickly becoming disillusioned with the state of the world that I'm going to grow into an adult into and know that I'll never be able to get into college because my parents, even if they had the money, refused to pay for it.
2: For me, this would be the year that I would go off to Germany with my family, if I am looking at things correctly. Germany and Prague to meet my dad's side of the family. And uh, that was when I read Les Miserables, uh, unabridged, and fell in love with that book because I think it is a beautiful book.
1: We had vastly different growing up experiences.
2: Oh, I was also incredibly depressed because I was not comfortable expressing my emotions as a teen, and 2005 probably would have been when I started regularly making comics and uh, started doing theater crew. Is that closer to us both? Hmm...
1: No. I'm sad to say that I think my favorite hobby right around this point was teen drinking.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugs, not drugs, Janine.
1: I Like, literally seconds before you said that, I fucking took a hit off my
2: vape. It's been a while since I have had part of an edible. I don't want to do too much. Um... Yeah, yeah. I I told you about, I have to have discussed the D.A.R.E. musical I was in, right?
1: Oh my god. If you did, it was probably at a point where I was so high
2: that I didn't remember it. Uh, My sixth grade class. You know, I
1: talked to my boss about this podcast. I probably should stop talking about how often I get messed up never on the clock though boss
2: mm-hmm. don't is is. A working employee yeah it's not going to be like the time when my uh manager who worked to get the manager that I actively like fired in a multi-part coup uh called me into a meeting and was like Luke why don't you talk to me the way that you talk on the podcast that you do, I don't think you know how to communicate. And it's like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I just started crying then. It was great. Um, but yeah, sixth grade, I was in a musical where we combined the ineffective anti-drug message of dare with the musical stylings of stomp no Uh, yes uh so it was a bunch of sixth graders with the uh musical acumen of sixth graders at percussion instruments doing a stomp inspired show that our music teacher wrote called stomp out drugs
1: oh my god (laughs) the name is so perfect
2: I hate it, and I love it. Janine. D, I won't do drugs. A, won't have an attitude. R, I will respect myself, and E, I will educate (laughs) you. I will dare. Um, yeah. My class got to bring in garbage cans, and I had a big one that, uh, when I hit on it, rust would come off on my hands, and, uh, During one of our practices, a kid stabbed himself on the foot with a pencil to get out of it, got sent to the hospital, and sent the teacher home for the day uh, because she got very upset about a kid disliking the musical enough that uh, he would stab himself on the foot with a pencil. Wow. But yeah, that was 6th grade. That was a few years before 2005. That was 2001. That was when we were also dealing with, like, 9-11. But we're dealing with 9-11 now. We're dealing with <laughs> Simpsons episodes and One Piece episodes. Uh, before we get our horribly derailed train back on topic, uh, do you have, like, any survivors of this derailment that you want to follow up on?
1: I'm sorry. It's just that when you said it, like, the first thing I said in my head was, I hope it was called Stop Out Drugs. I hope. It's like something like that.
2: Yep. And, and that, uh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, One I... One Piece. That's the name of the treasure in the Grand Line.
1: Cool. So which episodes... Um, we, we, were, we were talking about episodes uh, 213 to
2: 219 that... Um... We're, we're also talking about Simpsons first. Oh. And we're like hitting the episodes where I think I stopped watching the show as much uh, because in a very Luke thing Sunday nights were confirmation yeah, confirmation uh, classes for me which is why I stopped seeing them as often because uh, if you know things about Teen Luke depressed made comics had feelings and did not know how to process them. Uh but yeah, the first one of these was Fat Man and Little Boy, which was like one that I think I remember seeing clips like bits of the end of it, but like Simpsons had kind of for whatever reason, I think because I was in confirmation was something that I saw less when it initially aired. It's a weird one because Bart starts starts designing t-shirts and makes money and so Homer Homer starts living off of Bart, quits his job but because he needs structure he ends up helping Lisa with her science project where he builds a nuclear reactor and then the weird Willy Wonka-esque man who hired Bart uh, tries to rip him off so Homer threatens him with a nuclear reactor to get the money back and
1: Homer legit just builds a dirty bomb. Uh-huh. Like, that blows my mind that, like, yeah, of course, he he works in it. He should have some rudimentary knowledge
2: so he could be able to do something. And it's like,
1: oh, no, I guess you wouldn't need to know too much. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, really, any bomb you make when you have active plutonium is going to be a dirty bomb?
1: Yeah. Even hey, if it's, yeah. if, like half a microwave like just the electric parts just as like igniters kids
2: whatever you do, don't make a dirty bomb at home
1: or if you do have
0: parental supervision
2: the more you know I still have that sound clip
1: i'm I'm glad you did
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I have eight sound clips currently on the show yeah it's it's a weird one um it's one where there's better bits around it than like in the episode itself,
1: yeah, I feel like that. the highlight of the episodes for me for, for this particular episode was actually just the the stuff that that, that, that they have on t-shirts the you know the epic shirts that just like were just there's so much of the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like it feels like some of the jokes like back then are still landing today they're still landing today <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and driving off really fast and loudly.
2: <laughs> Janine, you love just revving your motorcycle.
1: Uh, chicks dig it. I don't know what to say.
2: I mean, more power to you, my friend. Yeah, it's the the weird shirt phrase craze is apparently still going on said Luke wearing a Doug Trio Alolan surf shop shirt that he got as a gift. T-shirts. They're here to stay.
1: Well, that is, thats that's more of a style that's based on a 20-plus year old franchise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The quotes... Those little
2: quips. Like the guy getting married and it says game over because he's also trying to play video games at the time.
1: Yeah. When I think back to the early 2000s, like that's the kind of shirt that I see. So, like, just to have that, like, just a perfect time capsule, it's the weirdest fucking thing to have nostalgia for, but I got it, baby. I don't know what to tell you. You're here, I'm here. Now you're thinking of one that you saw in high school that would look ironically stupid and maybe you could get away with it.
2: I mean, do you want me to paint you a very specific picture?
1: I love it when you do it, please.
2: Uh, The movie Napoleon Dynamite had come out, and... I had no idea what to do with my hair, and so I had not quite as much of a permed white boy afro, but I had very big poofy white boy hair, and so of course I had a "Damn it, Tina" shirt that had a silhouette of a llama, and it was black ink on a orange shirt. That was the same orange color as the Air Apostle shirts that you had to wear. Or, no, it wasn't Air It was one of those brands that, for whatever reason, our school had kids wear uh, whenever you were wearing clothing that was deemed inappropriate because, unless you were incredibly tall or incredibly overweight, these like XXXL shirts would just drape over you. And that was how he got punished for wearing something that was inappropriate. He covered it up with the big old shirt that you had to bring back. Wow. And a Napoleon Dynamite shirt. Napoleon Dynamite, that's a movie that people kind of forgot about. Do you remember when it had an animated series? Oh my god. And it lasted one season because it came out like a over at least five years after the movie had come out and stopped being relevant
1: yeah like yeah. don't don't put it out too much because i don't want it to get inside the cultural zeitgeist for people are like hey remember Napoleon dynamite and then we see a continuation a multiverse
2: Enter the Dinoverse It came out 8 years after the movie
1: Oh my god
2: Yeah Yeah What's the guy who Played Pedro Been up to Oh, Oh he was in Lightyear That was a Disappointing movie uh, anyways. That he
1: was present.
2: hmm I mean, he was also in uh, a bunch of other shows. Like, he's had a steady career. He was in Gamer. He was in Crank High Voltage. And Crank! Janine, he was in both Crank movies. That's good for him. Uh, the next Simpsons episode was... <laughs> uh, uh, midnight rx we're at a company outing burn burns cuts the healthcare plan leaving the more companies cutting off their healthcare plans in springfield so grandpa and homer decide to get drugs from canada and they start doing uh smuggling runs uh apu and ned need drugs and join in but they get caught and banned from canada but when smithers almost dies from his lack of drugs burns flies them all across the canadian border and even though they get caught when they crash land back in springfield they get to go free because they helped people and burns saves smithers and then removes uh and then returns the benefits to everyone but also turns all the other employees into uh like part-time or contract employees that way he doesn't need to give them health care benefits it's a rough one
1: there are some bits in it that Genuinely did make me laugh, like um, Canadian Flanders.
2: Oh yeah, I I think there's like a lot of good bits in it. It's just kind of like, oh, we're so dealing with this crap. Uh, like yeah. Nineteen years later, it does uh, have
1: a very rough spot with the joke with the poo.
2: Mm-hmm. where Apu accidentally burns his mouth with hot coffee and they think that he's a terrorist yeah it's not great it's not great I, I, I'm looking here I'm getting the fax in it says "Uh, it's not great your What's... insurance rate why not refinance your insurance that's not how insurance works why do I even have a fax machine Yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, and then the last one, which, yeah, I think is probably the strongest one of them, is Mommy Dearest, where Mo fails a health inspection, so Homer remortgages the house that they had just paid off to uh, fix up Mo's bar. Marge finds out and decides to make sure that Mo can actually take him back and helps him to revamp the bar. They turned it into a British pub. Mo and Marge start to get closer, and Homer worries about their relationship. When they head to Aruba for a convention, Homer works to stop them. Moe confesses his feelings to Marge, and she turns him down, and Homer had kind of accepted that if Moe was going to be a better partner, Marge wants to be with him. He kind of just has to accept that, but she doesn't. And I, you know, I think this one works overall. We also get the DreamWorks uh, cards game, which seems more of like a Pixar joke, but I don't think they could call it Pixar because of Brad Bird.
1: I don't know if that was... A, was that in the picture when it aired? Because they had uh, taken shots before.
2: I think so. I, I feel like 2004 uh... DreamWorks animation list of production films. Uh, 2004 they would have yeah shit they would have only done Shrek and South Park. I, I wonder if they maybe redubbed that Oh, spooky! Because they have had to uh, do edits on shows because of uh, reactions. Like there was one where they, uh, the Super Bowl episode where Homer and the gang go to the Super Bowl, but they can't actually get in. There's a joke about the Catholic Church making some changes, and then they just have to change it to, the Church. We've made some changes. Huh. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's very funny, because a church had made some changes. Anyway, this episode... Um, Marge is really cool
2: expand on that and apparently it was always Dreamworks which is still wild considering that we hadn't really gotten Dreamworks we didn't even have the Dreamworks smile that much at this point Mm. okay there had also been ants I forgot about ants we should all forget about ants
1: all current, Like, I am actively right now, like, repressing that memory. Um, but Marge, in this episode, um, Mommy Bearest, I I think that, like, taking the initiative to make Mo accountable for the money lent was, like, a really strong move on her part. Like, it actively moved the story ahead and, like push things, like, narratively to, like, actively get done. Like, mm-hmm. it could she have had- been a boring story, like, if she hadn't been so, you know, forward-pressing.
2: Mm-hmm. She, like, had agency. And, uh, like, she did a good job of... Uh, is Charlie Kaufman still alive yeah uh, okay I, I mixed him up with someone Um. yeah like Mo or Marge Marge has a lot of agency in here she takes an active step to like guide the like All of her actions are, like, responsible and respectful of her character. Yeah.
1: Even Homer's, like, response in realizing that he's not a great husband, that he's not good for Marge, and he could be better.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He takes that initiative to, you know tried to take himself out of the situation Mm -hmm. so that Marge gets what's good for her. Like, if you put this episode after the other Homer-Marge episode from, what was it, last season? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Where Homer sets her up to take the fall for a
0: Mm
1: -hmm. DUI. um, That like it just feels like a totally like different and like such a shorter amount of time. So I'll, it's not that I'll I'll forgive them for that past episode for that really not good for marriage ending that they had. It's just much more of like let's see more of this.
2: Yeah, I think that's. Very I just
1: bitter. I just saw Barbie and I'm like. Full of girl power. I might not care about this as much as, as I sound like I do. I'm just kind of like affected in the moment. Y'all know what I mean?
2: And I just can. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if, if you feel comfortable going to the movies, go see Barbie. It is a beautifully uh, made film and I really enjoyed it. I rented out a theater to see it with a bunch of friends that way we can still mask uh janine it's it's time for luke got distracted and has trivia are you ready for the question
1: oh sure i answer tentatively
2: do you know what dreamworks animated film has the lowest rotten tomatoes score
1: Oh, wow. Shrek goes forth.
2: You mean Shrek Forever After?
1: Yeah, that one.
2: Uh, no, that is not even the lowest Shrek movie.
1: <laughs> what? Uh
2: huh. Uh, do you want to take a second swing.
0: Oh my god. Okay.
1: See the thing is like I'm also thinking like it's I'm trying not to say answers that might be like other studios because I'm like.
2: I mean I won't count those if you guess the wrong studio.
1: Because the emoji movie was Illumination right? Uh yeah, that was not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Illumination. Now that I said it out loud. Ooh. Ah. Uh,
2: the can, emoji. I can... movie, uh, the emoji movie was Sony Pictures.
1: Ah, there we go. See, I forgot about them because they don't exist anymore.
2: Sony Pictures?
1: No, no, that's. That was. Was it? Yes, that was 20th Century Fox the animation. Sorry. I've watched too many animated films for somebody who um, doesn't watch anything else. Literally watch two animated series is for one podcast. Um, see, if I pull up a list, I'm going to find it automatically, so let's just go ahead and break through the ice and give it to me straight.
2: Sharktail. No. 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sharktail? Shark Tale.
1: I like Shark Tale.
2: I mean, when was the last time you watched Shark Tale?
1: Well, it's, I wouldn't re watch Shark Tale, but from when I did see it on HBO, family, I liked it.
2: Is it because of the fish? Were you attracted to the fish, Janine?
1: No. It's purely Jack Black's performance. Plays there. the perfect gay shark.
2: Uh, the, the second lowest one is Shrek the Third. With 41%. Because Shrek the Third is the one that people don't remember at all. Probably, yeah. Because the first Shrek, everyone knows the first Shrek. He has to save Fiona uh, and bring her back to Farquaad, but they fall in love. The second trek is he meets Fiona's family, and the fairy godmother uh, tries to set Fiona up with her husband, with her son. The third one is the one where they have to find King Arthur to become the king instead, and all the villains want to take over and have happy endings. The fourth one is the time travel one where Shrek wishes that he never fucked his wife. Amongst other things. Wow. Yeah, we're we're in a Shrek hole now. We're like 30 minutes in and have not even gotten to the One Piece stuff. So we should probably, of uh, course, <laughs> correct. Uh, new characters that we can use include... Goose Gladwell, Scratch Bob Itchpants, Sergeant Activity, Austin Powers Itchy, uh, Farmer John's Pharmaceuticals Employee, The Females of Pfizer, Mascot Burns, and The Cuckold Clock. We're going to be discussing episodes 213 through 219 of One Piece. These episodes include round three. Round and round, roller race,
1: burning roller race, dash into the final round.
0: The scream and speed serve pirate Dash ball.
2: Final match on the edge. Dharma has fallen. Captain confrontation, the last fight, combat.
1: Full-powered Noro Noro beam versus the invulnerable Luffy.
2: Heroic, fierce combat. The fateful last battle. It's fun to use voices. Uh, Yeah, getting back to animated films, I've watched uh, Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart, the Venture Brothers movie, twice now, because I finished my Venture Brothers rewatch. And... So look
1: out for Luke's new Venture Brothers podcast.
2: Oh, that would be, I've like debated between like a Homestar Runner and Hunter Hunter podcast, but I think Venture Venture would probably be the better one to do that with since it's more about multi-generational trauma, But also I think that I would kind of go crazy doing that. Uh,
1: Can't go to a place you never left. One Piece. Huh? Who? This well-mannered snake? (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: So, uh, for those of you who just randomly decided to listen to this one, currently the crew is caught in a baby backbite, which is a game where pirates put their crew members and pride and even their flags on the line. Uh, Right now, uh, Luffy... Uh, Captain Straw Hat Crew is going up against Foxy, the captain of the Foxy Pirates. And they're in their second of three rounds. Uh, They have lost Chopper. Their first round regained Shelly in their second round, even though there was never really a a claim to Shelly. And now are entering the third round, where Luffy, Nami, Usopp, and Robin are entering into a roller derby game. Run Roller Around with uh, the Foxy Pirate Team, Portia, Cheetah, who is a cheetah man, Majikaku, who is big and slow, Girarin, a fishman with arm blades, and Jubei, a squid man, are on the other side uh, because they are still down a team member, even though it doesn't necessarily make as much sense at this point. Uh, Sandy organizes the team and Luffy volunteers to play in two rounds, the first and the fifth round. And the goal of the game is to make as many laps as possible. And if anyone leaves the ring or goes in reverse, they get disqualified. Janine, I'm going to make an assumption here. Okay. Is this how roller derby actually works?
1: I don't fucking know, dog.
2: Okay. I, I made an assumption. And it obviously was incorrect. Uh I mean, like
1: I get it. I do kind of look like the type that would know.
2: Or like would be interested in women who are in roller derby.
1: Oh my god. Sorry, I just had an epiphany that you gave me that you thought I already had, but now I'm like
2: You mean this is where I can find muscular women who can beat me up? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's... <laughs> hey, One Piece—that's the name of the treasure.
2: Rawr.
1: You son of a bitch. <laughs> where, where did you leave off?
2: <laughs> get back to
1: get back to
0: reading.
2: The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, made Janine more gay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> See, that's what good friends do. They help to support each other and amplify each other's abilities. So in round one, Luffy is set to play against Portia. And everyone finds out that Luffy actually does not know how to skate. He just volunteered. And initially Portia is winning, but Robin and Nami work to roll Luffy around the field until Foxy's defenders disqualify Luffy by sending him out of the ring. The second round is Nami versus Mashikaku. Nami outraces the giant, but then Portia hypnotizes the straw hats and so Nami loses that round. That's that's a really bullshit one. It's like, uh... How? Like, she essentially did what Foxy would have done, but it's not Foxy doing it.
1: Yeah. I didn't Uh, enjoy it. I just felt like just one more thing to add to a character who already has enough cool things going on for them.
2: I mean, attractive lady in a jumpsuit with a bikini top. Yeah, that's a powerful look. It's the Sid from whatever that Final Fantasy game is where you're a bunch of guys driving in a car and eating ramen. I don't know
1: if you know which Final Fantasy one that was. Oh, that was just those, those a reference. I don't know. I, I didn't play that particular one myself to have that much of a personal connection. However, I do know of the existence and basic premise of just being like a road trip movie that's also a video game, that's also a Final Fantasy game.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Round three is Usopp versus Chicky Cheetah, who we have no idea what Chicky Cheetah is. Like, I feel like he is a natural outcropping of, oh, Oda designed some guys who look like monkeys but aren't actually monkeys. And so this is a guy who looks like a cheetah, except that he actually just turns into a full-on cheetah sometimes. But it's never said that he, like, ate devil fruit or anything. He is a cheetah enigma.
1: I would love to believe that there was a cheetah race, though. Like, he's just one of a people that can just do this.
2: Janine, I'm gonna be real with you for a second. We are, like, 600 episodes away from getting to the... Oh, yeah, this is just the furry species. And, like, if there was any hint that they existed at this point, that would be great. Like, if they said, oh, yeah, that's what Ticket Cheetah is, that'd be great. But as far as I'm aware, it's never been confirmed. And Oda does not give a shit about this character who only appears in these episodes. So, he's a weird cheetah man. Uh, We also get moments of uh, Zoro teaching Luffy how to skate. And he's able to start skating, he just doesn't know how to stop. Chickie Cheetah has a massive lead, and then Sanji remembers that Chickie Cheetah got distracted by a strong smell earlier, so he sends Zoro on Shelly, the long horse, You cut down a long kiwi tree, and the smell of the kiwi distracts Chickie Cheetah, who gets disqualified, and so Usopp wins that round. They're booking the wrestling fights, Janine.
1: It is a fact, though, that Sanji would know. And that's the thing. It's just like this anime where just a small little bit of niche knowledge about something, a little bit of trivia, ends up becoming pivotal for like an entire section of fight.
2: I'm really excited, Janine, for you to face down a deadly opponent. And they were going to be like, ha, well, I bet you didn't know that Shark Tale had a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you can say, um, dipshit, fuck you. (laughs) It had the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any DreamWorks animated film. Double birds. And then they (laughs) get sent to hell. (laughs)
0: That
1: is exactly what would happen. Uh I've done it before.
2: The more you know. Da, 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 da. Rawr. The return of Sexy Cat Barge. Watch button. <laughs> oh. So, uh, the fourth round is Robin versus Jubei, the squid fish man, who Robin tried to murder before but couldn't snap his neck because he's like a squid. And Luffy, meanwhile, is understanding how to skate and then just finds Jubei, pushes him into a wall, and beats the shit out of him until he surrenders. So Robin is able to get past everyone else, steals Portra's baton, Foxy moves to interfere with the slow slow beam, but Nami and Usopp simultaneously compliment him and neg him uh, until he wins. Or until Robin wins. Which is a beautiful scene.
1: It's bullshit.
2: 100%.
1: And I love it,
2: because it's just... <laughs> That's just me. I mean, you, as a mostly straight heteronormative dude, if you compliment me, I'm doing great. If you say the slightest bad thing about me, oh, I am devastated. Please do not call me a split head.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Feel like i have some sort of power over you now that i could never use like an emergency destruct luke button that but i would never oh, have a yeah. heart to push
2: you can say something like luke that shirt really doesn't work for you I luke, would why never. would i, just, I just said that to myself janine and you already have hurt feelings yes Oh, no. My hands look very nice. Oh, okay, I'm back, I'm back. So, uh, round five is Luffy versus Girarin, who has the blades on his hand, and Foxy's team decides to use the secret plan where everyone else will stay off of the field. Usopp and Nami try the same trick again, but Foxy's wearing earplugs so he can't hear them, and it turns out that Girarin can use his blades to reflect the slow, slow beams... And so Nami and Usopp get hit by the beams, followed by Luffy. Robin disqualifies herself by stepping off the field and works on a plan. Usopp and Nami get caught again. But when Luffy unfreezes, Robin ends up making Foxy shoot himself with his beams. And Luffy is able to win, and they bring Chopper back to the crew. And then the announcer's like, well, it's a draw. This match sucked. So... What are you going to do? And Foxy invites Luffy to play another three-round game, which Luffy accepts because we're in filler city, my friend.
1: I hated this so much.
2: Yeah. Like, it works. I, I like bullshit. I like bullshit games, but it's also... Luffy would have enough common sense to not do this. And it is really padding out everything. Yeah. Uh, So the next game is a full crew dodgeball game called Hit and Dead Ball. Robin spends her time reading the rules, and it turns out that if a ref ignores uh, the rules in this game, they just get beheaded, which, you know, I appreciate that twist. It it prevents cheating, Janine. So Chopper and Luffy initially get the two dodgeballs and just chuck them right at Foxy's face. But it turns out that if you get hit directly on the face, it doesn't count. Zoro and Sanji knock out a bunch of players on the opposing side. Chopper and Luffy try to knock out the groups too, but Hamburg catches the balls, passes them to Big Pan, who knocks out Usopp along with a bunch of his own teammates. And it gets down to Foxy and Hamburg are the last ones on the field. Robin knocks Hamburg out as she is continuing to just read the rules. And meanwhile, the women of the Foxy crew convince Sanji to drop out of the game, which... Fair.
1: It would work on me.
2: Yeah. Not me, though. I'm married uh and that is when foxy brings in his mega robot the mr accu cannon which is specifically allowed in the rules which i love i love that it's just like oh no this bullshit robot is written specifically to be allowed in the rules and so Zoro cuts a ball in half when it gets shot at him but he gets knocked out which leaves chopper and luffy Chopper takes a ball to protect Luffy, but gets knocked out of a ring, leaving Luffy with one ball against Foxy with one ball. And I do kind of love that the entire crew is just very upset over Chopper's sacrifice. Because, you know, Chopper's doing his best. He's just a sweet little bed. Foxy reveals the secret plan where the rest of the crew are going to throw fake balls at Luffy to confuse him. Luffy prepares to smash into the robot with a big attack. But Portia steals the real ball. They mix it in with the fake balls. And then they chuck all the balls at Luffy. So Luffy has to grab all the balls that he can that gets tossed at him. And then Foxy shoots his ball at Luffy. Who catches it with his mouth and then swallows the ball. And you get disqualified if you swallow balls. And so Luffy loses. And the Straw Hats lose. And Foxy who is paying attention is like, okay, we're going to steal Nico Robin because she is a danger to the team.
1: Honestly, that's a that's a fair thing to, to, to 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 pull.
2: Like Well, and it it's also going to lead to a weird theme that we're going to see where it's Oh, Robin really doesn't have a lot of, uh like, attachment to the team in some ways, or she isn't really as much of a crew member as others are. She is kind of along for the ride. Oh. Like, she does not put up the protest uh, that uh, Chopper does when he initially gets claimed.
1: I figured it's also because she could just leave.
2: Yeah, she would murder everybody. Without a problem.
1: Yeah, like, I just figure it would just be, like, half a day going out to see, like, when they feel completely safe that everything is fine. She would just uh, murder who she had to take a boat with whatever she needed and just leave.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The next game is Dash Touch Domination where the remaining Straw Hats, except for Luffy, go in on a game of Red Light, Green Light, where weapons can be used. The Foxy team is Portia, Hamburg, Chicky Cheetah, Capote, Pickles, and Big Pan, with Tanji acting as the stoplight. Zoro and Sanji get caught up fighting. Pickles and Big Pan try and knock him out. While the rest of the Foxy team takes the lead, but Zoro and Sanji uh, are able to get them disqualified from the game when they... The attack around. We get the classic Zoro gets lost. Uh, Capote tries to hold off Nami, Chopper, and Usopp, but when Tanjit uh, falls asleep and then suddenly wakes, uh, Capote gets disqualified. Sandy gets neck and neck with Hamburg and Portia, and Hamburg tries to attack him, but uh, because of all the commotion, uh, Chikichita, who was in the lead, gets caught by Tanjit. Sanji gets next to Tanjit, but he had uh, kicked Hamburg and Portia, who are falling into the water. Sanji goes to save Portia, works to keep swimming without getting disqualified. But then when uh, but then when Portia kisses Sanji, uh, he gets too horny and they get uh, knocked out. And then the Straw Hats almost get to touch Tanjit, but then Hamburg, who had been kicked into the air by Sanji's kick lands and touches Sanjit winning the game for Foxy, meaning that Luffy won't be able to bring everyone back, and Chopper is claimed to buy Foxy again. Janine, it's wrestling booking. It's wrestling booking.
1: It definitely is, and it it's all leading to one blow-off match for the ages.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Foxy promises that this second round of games is going to be the last one because they're so tired. And so Nami convinces Luffy to vet the entire crew because they won't sail without Robin and Chopper. And Fox is like, alright, we're going to increase it to 500 crew members and uh, you don't have 500 crew members, so we're going to get your descendants until you had 500 people join our crew. And we get Sanji being horny for hypothetical children hmm. that he could have if he had sex with someone besides Zoro. Uh, so the final match is Luffy versus Foxy in a boxing match across the entire Sexy Foxy ship. Luffy comes out with an afro to give him power and then immediately gets hit with a slow, slow beam and Foxy starts working over Luffy. When Luffy recovers, Foxy just runs off to set up a series of traps That take Luffy by surprise as the fight expands across the ship. And Luffy is barely making his way through by insulting Foxy. Uh, Foxy ends up bringing Luffy into the ship. Which ends up backfiring because Luffy is just destroying it. We get some montages of Foxy disguising himself. And Luffy just can't see through the horrible disguises. I mean they're beautiful disguises. But Luffy being easily fooled is a character trait. And eventually he gets led into a room with the deadly punching robot Gorilla Puncher 13 and a room full of mirrors that will reflect the slow, slow beam. Luffy eventually ends up breaking the mirror, but gets caught up in a series of fiery punches from the machine, and they return to the deck of the ship with Luffy looking beaten. Foxy unleashes more punches onto Luffy, which destroys the ship even more, but Luffy keeps getting back up, and... The Foxy crew is cheering for Luffy, so Foxy just has to continue his onslaught. Luffy gets back up once more and meets Foxy's punches, but this time a piece of the mirror that got caught in his afro reflects the slow, slow beam back at Foxy, and Luffy knocks him off the boat, winning the match. And then the Foxy crew dives in to save their captain, and honestly, I think most of them, like a good deal of those people, would die because they're jumping off of like a 100 foot like stadium riser into water. Like that's I I admire the loyalty but like people don't,
1: people don't die in this show. They feel yeah, emboldened yeah. to do riskier things.
2: So Luffy picks his first two members back from the uh of the 500 he wants, and then he wants to take Foxy's flag. And when they're like, oh, well, we we had our flag on the mast, Luffy just paints him a much worse version of the logo, which is a great gag. (laughs) And then Foxy forces Luffy to pick the rest of the crew, so he picks all of the other members except for Foxy's main trio. And then Foxy sails away with Portra and Hamburg, and then Luffy fires the rest of the crew that just joined him and that's when Ratanto, who was tanjit's nephew or who was tanjit's grandson shows up because he trains mo and he is able to bring his grandpa back to the other nomads and the crew plans to go and find a shipwright to help fix the Going Merry. And, uh, yeah. So, initially, uh, it ends with Chopper being, uh, taken. They win Chopper back, and then Luffy wins the, uh, flag of the Foxy pirate ship. And that's the last we see of Foxy in the manga. And instead, they expanded it. 'Cause you know what people love, Janine.
1: What do they love?
2: The sexy fox foxy.
1: I I somehow doubt that.
2: I like Foxy.
1: I who I understand why Foxy is important for the business. And I have no problems working with Foxy in the future. I just think that personally, Mm -hmm. in my locker room, I think that a person like Foxy is too divisive and probably should get a separate show on Saturday nights just to kind of, like...
2: Actually be sexy? Uh...
1: I'm, I I. think that boat has
2: sailed. I mean, Foxy is a guy who's probably going to shoot himself in the dick.
1: Oh, man, that'd be so hilarious. <laughs>
2: because yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll pretend that, he'll, that it was on purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He'll first collapse on the ground, wheeling in pain, and then he'll just jump back up as blood just spreads across his crotch. So we have seven characters to match. Uh, I decided to include the referee because I feel like he's enough of a character even though he doesn't get an official name and the One Piece wiki does not give him a page.
1: It does have enough lines to, like, qualify in my eyes. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, for the referee, my Rodriguez style was the loan officer. uh, And then I had the ref from Super Slugfest or the referee from Lisa on Ice as my other suggestions. Who do you have for the referee, Janine?
1: I have the referee from Bart Star.
2: Ooh, let me see.
1: That's uh
2: Mm -hmm. his hair color changes colors. I like the referee from Lisa on Ice more because we see him both with a whistle and he has a hat with a strap on it.
0: Well,
1: that does seem to fit the aesthetic a little bit more, so I'll give it to you.
2: I didn't think that I would have a strong opinion on that. Uh, up next, we have Mashikaku, who is a big wall of a man. Who do you have for Mashikaku, who is a big wall of a man?
1: I have... Um, I guess there's only one way to say it, but Obese Bart.
2: Oh, who, Was- I- who washes himself with a rag on a stick?
1: Yes, yes, the very one from the episode King-Sized Homer. Uh
2: Uh-huh. And that was your only suggestion for Mashikaku?
1: I felt it was a pretty strong one.
2: So I have two suggestions. My Rodrigo style is the Eight of Clubs. Uh, He gets to kind of go up against the Jack Nicholson Jack of Clubs uh, in the DreamWorks cards movie Uh, he has the right kind of dumb features for lack of a better term (laughs) Uh, my other suggestion that I had was the donut attorney uh, from uh, Homer's fantasy, Homer ends up eating the donut attorney Uh, but I am posting images of both into Discord, Like, that eight of clubs very much feels like a slow guy, also he is square.
1: I do like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it, I'll be able to okay the eight of clubs on any other character, so I will give you that one as well.
2: I appreciate the congeniality in my friend. I, like... That was one where I was very proud of what I came up with. We then have Chica Cheetah. And what's this? (laughs) Uh, We got in a fan suggestion from King Atticus, who suggested Cheetah Lou from the island of Dr. Hibbert. Uh, I also had Cheetah Lou as one of my suggestions. I also had the Cheetah from Simpson Safari because sometimes Cheeky Cheetah just looks like a realistic cheetah and it's weird. Uh, and then my Rodrigo Silo's Osama bin Scratchy. <laughs> Who do you have, Janine?
1: You damn fool. You played right <laughs> into my hands. I knew you would Rodrigo-style Osama been Scratchy, so I made sure that it is my only choice. And now we have a deadlock tie.
2: Um, if I told you that there was a bigger feline terrorist coming in the future, would that make you go with Cheetah Lou?
0: ha <laughs> ha!
1: Interesting. I love this. I had already con- I, 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 I might I might have definitely jumped on that, but you see, Luke, I'd already conceded two characters to you and I really feel like I need to get one on the board.
2: Janine, you know what the problem is? What's I that? also get one on the board this way. It's a lose-lose situation, Janine. You thought you were one step ahead of me, but I've lapped ya.
1: But if I concede, then you still get one, and I get nothing, so the incentive still
2: stands. But, but... King Atticus gets a point on the board. And they submit ideas every time. Cheetah Lou is a a literal anthropomorphic cheetah man.
1: I don't know. I'm just... Something about Chicky Cheetah screams Osama been scratchy to me. (laughs)
2: Okay, that's fine with me. Sorry, Atticus, I tried to argue for you. Uh, up next, we have Jube, the Squid Man. Who do you have for Jube, the Squid Man?
1: I have Serik, the Preparer. Is the chef aboard Kang and Kodos'
0: ship. Yes,
2: yeah, so if your mission was to make Serak the Preparer cry, mission accomplished. Yes, I am familiar with Serak the Preparer. I'm double-checking because I know he's come up before. Nope, we didn't end up using Serak the Preparer. Uh, the suggestions that I have are Squiddy, the squid that uh, the old sea captain was friends with, or uh, Jack of Clubs, because I think it would be funny if Drew Bay was also um, <laughs> Jack Nicholson as a squid and also a playing card. But uh, you need you need some more wins here, my friend, so I'm good to go with Sarek the Preparer.
1: I just feel like that those weird arms just work well for the um, particular alien race that...
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, We then have Girarin, who has knives on his arm. My Rodrigo style was Tommy, the guy who Bart has sliced an entire roast and doesn't slice it thin enough for Bart. Uh, And my other one... Was uh, the caricature artist who draws the unflattering caricature of uh, Lisa because you know everyone loves rollerblading. Who do you have for Girarin? Uh,
1: I have Green Demon. Go ahead and look it up, and when you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's that guy, like 100%.
2: To tip, you got it. Yeah, I'm good with Green Demon. Hell yeah. Two in a row, two in a row. Both going to the very good show. Uh, we then have Rokuroshi, who is the old judge. And uh, who do you have for Rokuroshi?
1: I have a character we ran into not too long ago. It is Stuart from All Spare in Oven War.
2: interesting is that your only suggestion it is so my rodrigo style is homer supervisor my better suggestion you're going to be upset about this one janine are you ready sure give it to me the springfield law clerk who finds out that springfield never repealed prohibition and then oh they did repeal prohibition
1: Well, that does feel as frustrating as some of the moments inside of this. I feel like it succeeds in not only the, uh, the,
2: the violence of, of the, the
1: character, but like, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha! That was one where I came in and was ready with what I had. Uh, up last, we have Gina. And my Rodrigo style was Wingwalker Agnes. Because, you know, she can get around. Uh, and then I decided to just throw a name from our celebrity file into this. Uh, Carmen Electra. Gina really has no role. She is a carpenter. Who Sanji probably would have loved to have gotten. Uh, the anime also cuts out the two people who are in the actual exhibition match on top of the Foxy ship before Luffy and Foxy's fight for whatever reason uh, but yeah, Wingwalker Walker Agnes and Carmen Electra are my suggestions for Gina who do you have for Gina
1: I have
2: Lisa Bella
1: from Tango de la Muerte
2: Oh, you mean the nerdy, bookish woman who, when she has her glasses taken off and is swung through a dance, she turns out to be a beautiful dancer, and Lisa relates to her, and that's how Lisa ends up taking tap dance. Tappa, tapa, tappa. The very same. Interesting.
1: I had to find the sexiest character that I could think of for this hot lady. And... Despite having the voice of a young child that sounds kind of, like, weird... Like, let's, let's be honest. The voice of an old woman who sounds like a young child that sounds like a hot woman. What? Voice actors.
2: Ah. Uh, yeah. I mean I I I I see what you're going for here, Janine.
1: Oh yeah, you see it.
2: Yes. Said Luke posting in one of the first results on IDB, which is just her take old babies.
0: The, the very same
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gay. <laughs> we both like the ladies. The ladies. Wait, what is the animated spinning wiki? This this just. Okay, it's just a wiki that collects, like, people who are spinning? In animation?
1: That is a fetish I am not prepared to get into right now.
2: Yeah, there's a specific page that is, these are spins that are not allowed.
1: Oh my god... that it's just so perfect
2: that they're particular about what kind of spins to. Oh, it's also perfect that they don't allow fan art on the site. If you want to submit fan art, you can send it to their DeviantArt page.
1: Wow. Of course it'll
2: it'll be on DeviantArt. (laughs) Oh... Oh, Foxy, what have you done to us? We went places. we We stomped out drugs. Okay. <sighs> what if I told you there was a Latina character further on in the future who fits Lisabella more appropriately?
1: The spicy Latin lover trope is so strong, but I don't feel like I have any doubt that there wouldn't be another one in the future.
2: Yeah, no, they, they go to Spain. At, they go to One Piece Spain at a point. <sighs>
0: Yeah,
1: we will probably hit all of Tango de la Muerte then.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Carmen Electra, I feel like neither of us have particularly strong feelings for. I was just trying to find generic, attractive woman who is probably a celebrity, so we can throw another celebrity in the pile. Mm.
1: I don't have enough of an attachment with, to Carmen Electra to really ooter pile her. Ugh. Sure, we'll give it to Carmen.
2: All right. No dog food for Victor tonight. So the seven that we have picked are for the referee, the referee from Lisa on Ice. For Mashikaku, we have the eight of clubs. For Chikichita, we have Osama, Ben, Scratchy. For Jubei we have Serac, the preparer. For Girarin, we have the green demon. For Roku Roshi, we have the Springfield Law Clerk. And for Gina, we have Carmen Electra. And that wraps us up for another arc. Janine, you know what we get next time? I really don't. We get another filler arc that is a anime adaptation of not one, but two One Piece video games. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Also, next episode, we're going to be dealing with the gay marriage episode that is also... Potentially the worst trans episode of The Simpsons. It's a... uh, Yeah, we are uh, going to have a guest on the next episode... Uh, if all goes well, I, I always don't want to be like, oh, well, we're going to have a guest and then something happens. But yeah, we have a guest coming on who I think should be a good person to talk to about the episode. And uh, yeah. I mean, we're, I have a vested interest to... talking about it myself, so you could be able to hear more than
1: one person complain <laughs> about
2: it next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it should be a Fascinating episode to talk about. Uh, we're also going to just get more of everin trying to do a bit of Breath of the Wild. Uh, Janine, where can people find you online if you would like to be found? Well,
1: while it's still there, you can find me on X at Janine the Juliet. Morning. I am also on Blue Sky. That is uh, janinejuliet.bsky you know the thing
2: you're uh, the standard blue sky
1: yes I haven't gone into any other flavors of blue sky
2: Mm -hmm. Abby asked me what those other flavors were like and I was like I don't know
1: And other than that, I don't know if I'm trying any other social media
2: at the moment, but. Keep an eye out for Janine doing podcasts that aren't this one. You can.
1: Um, I'm in a scheduling phase.
2: That's fair. That's fair. And you can find me online at most places, including Gumroad, Itch.io, Twitter, and Blue Sky Ass Coltrag, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or you can visit my website at LukeHair.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, which would be a weird thing to do. Like, unless you wanted to hire me, I mean, I could be hired to write comics, I'm doing editing work on someone's serialized erotic novella, which is interesting. Um, But yeah, I'm also in scheduling phases for other shows that I do. Uh, Yeah, if you wanted to know what it would be like if I had a co-host who was... Less supportive than Janine, where I discussed a bunch of Marvel alternate universe comics. Uh, You can check out multiversalq.com or multiversalq.com if you just want to learn about where Miles Morales came from. Uh, But yeah, Uh, Mike Patton is our artist. You can find him at Patton Pending at most places, or you can just look up Mike Patton, M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-E-N, and find his Instagram or... I don't know if he's got a blue sky yet. Next time I get a blue sky in, but I will invite Mike. And uh, yeah, Dome Ants Dawn. uh, You can find us in our new website at DomeAntsDawn.com if you enjoy the show. uh, Please leave a review. If you enjoy the show, we have a Discord that we need to probably relink. If you enjoy the show, uh, let us know what you enjoy about it or don't enjoy about it. Uh, I also have the Dawn gmail account if you want to just get in contact with us there but yeah thank you for listening to this we'll be back in two more weeks with our next episode where it's going to be a doozy thank you for going along with our bigger than normal amount of bullshit D I won't do drugs They won't have an attitude or right, <laughs> I respect myself E I will educate (laughs) me. I will dare. (laughs) I will dare. Peace.